Yo, yo. What up? What up? Yo. What up? What up? Hey. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Benny's crib. What up? Oh, uh, yeah, just leave your shoes over there. It's cool. Yeah, thanks. Does that sound cool? Yo. Yo, what up? Welcome to Benny's crib. Beautiful people, we are here. We are live. Pour the main, another uh, tremendous interview in the world of music and art and local culture. Today we have a hip hop artist, in my opinion, celebrating a pretty dope album that came out back in May. Am I tripping? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was May. May. Yeah. Um, the name of that project is. Ye of Little Faith, I believe. Yeah. Was the seven four supposed to be pronounced too, or was that like some kind of like nah, file that, shit? That was just some like cryptic, yeah. you know, numbers at the end. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it has a meaning, but yeah, we just perfect. Just I was because I kind of feel like there was meaning in a sense in the fact that you kept um, I don't know, just like a precision with the thematic elements and sequencing. It seems like, mm. but this is not an introduction question. We'll get to that later in the podcast. We have a uh, Jaleel. How we doing? Doing amazing, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Welcome to Benny's crew. This is great. Shout out Yardy Ting. Shout out Soto on the instrumental. Y'all just heard on the intro. Shout out Willow Picks for holding it down. This is the uh, young birthday episode as well. Um, man, it just feels good to be here and uh, doing interviews and shit, man. Trying to be really authentic and grateful and in the moment because we live in such a wild time where everything is infinitely ever-changing and it feels like groundbreaking news is getting dropped at the rate where it's so saturated mm-hmm. you can't even process the... Uh, power of it we got animals and technology integrated at the same time as my cat jumps on the desk for podcast peeps mm-hmm. and we're going to pivot quickly now to the first question i like to ask everybody jaleel what's your oh, first man. memory of hip-hop my first memory of hip-hop um probably wow this is actually crazy i don't think anybody's ever asked me that but like off rip it's it's crank that Soldier Boy. Like, Yo. that's my first real memory of hip-hop. When were you born? 1999. Joey Badass. So, yep. you are, like, definitely a product of the internet generation. Yeah. Like, the first. Because I'm 94, and I feel like I was just five, you know? Like, when you're born, it's old enough to remember how shit was. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like you probably... Do you remember VHSs or DVDs more? Um... I feel like I remember DVDs more, like I have more DVDs, yeah. but I have, a, I have a personal attachment to VHSs, yeah, so. something special about that, for sure. Def- no, definitely. I was at the transitional time where DVDs, like, because I was born in 94, and it was just mm-hmm. VHS, shout out, you know, physical media and shit, um, and seeing the transition into DVD, you know, it was just like, wow, this is so cool. So, I mean, you're only like five years detached from that, so you're experiencing yeah. the same thing, and then yeah. seeing like 4K come out now, it's like... Even stuff like that still blows my mind. I don't know if internet motherfuckers, like, um, understand how, like, or I shouldn't say internet motherfuckers. If, like, you know, real youngins, like, teens understand. When I was growing up, and I'm not that much, like, older than y'all, you, if you had a camcorder that could, like, film shit at, like, 360p, you mm-hmm. was lucky. Mm-hmm. That's ill to have that. Now we have 4K on our phones. Yeah. All accessible. It's like 25 years. That's a jump. That's, like, one of the biggest technological jumps ever. Yeah. Um, damn, we're getting real technological. You can tell. We zipping and uh, having fun already <laughs> early, uh, but I want to get back to uh, your story, man. I don't want to take sure. too much of the listeners here. Where 
did you grow up, man? Where were you born, I guess? Okay, so, yeah, getting into the life story. I was yeah, born... The linear narrative. Right, right. I was born in Houston. Um, was adopted by family up here, and I ended up growing up uh, in Falmouth, like, out the way, right across the, uh, gotcha. across the bridge here. So, grew up in Maine all my life till I was about 18. And, yeah, since then, after that... Um, you know, growing up in Maine is it's beautiful out here, but it's definitely it's definitely an interesting experience depending on where you come from. Yeah, let's um, let's talk on that. Like, uh, just break down kind of what that means to you. Like, uh, what what was it like? Or like, you know, even just your perspective, like what you spent your time doing, shit like that, in terms of you know what your youth brings about when you think back. Yeah, so I mean, man, it, it's a blessing, man. I had a I had an amazing childhood. I had a really, you know, just like wholesome and like enjoyable childhood like growing up and you know Maine is such a beautiful place for that um so you know I, I spent a lot of time like outside and stuff uh, I did like Cub Scouts and and that kind of thing and I was in sports too so you know just a lot of time either in the sticks or on the field so yeah, yeah. you know which you know it was pretty pretty commonplace for you know I think a lot of people growing up here and just kids in, uh, in middle America in general so yeah. Was there any, like, things that weren't so popping or, like, just negative aspects? I would say, I mean, this this is, this is can be a whole topic. Like, this this is something that, like, I don't know, kind of is definitely, like, a defining thing uh, of my life and of, like, growing up my childhood and everything. But, you know, yeah, definitely. I was talking with a friend the other day, but, like, definitely being, one, just being adopted in general and then being... Uh, you know, I I think growing up, I think there was maybe five black kids in my graduating class, and then, you know, the rest of the school, everybody, it's it's pretty monochromatic. That's how I should put it. Um, so you know that that was an experience by itself, and it's not to say, I don't want to say like, I don't want to speak negatively of it, but there were definitely challenges growing up that yeah. way i mean there's mad racist motherfuckers out here in maine and like one thing about benny's crib is like i like to make sure people get to hear like different perspectives that this white ass state this white ass media landscape doesn't understand and like and that's just something that i think has to be like talked about across the board because pretty much every black guest i've had on this show has been like yeah like there's been like some challenges growing up black in maine mm -hmm. and that's something that needs to be said in my opinion like to the masses because I mean, especially in today's, like, social media world, if I can even say this shit and speak on this topic, like, as a white dude, it's, like, there's so many motherfucking, like, digital, uh, fake, like, activists and, like, social media justice mm -hmm. motherfuckers, and it's, like, this is real life, man. Motherfuckers get, like, treated certain ways just because of shit that's, like, out of everyone's control, man. Mm -hmm. And that shit sticks. And, like, I, we hear stories again and again, not just on this shit, like, everywhere, bro. And I just mm -hmm. appreciate you speaking on that. Like, I guess that's the main thing I want to say because, yeah. in my opinion, that shit needs to be said. Yeah. And I'm glad, you know, hopefully it's something the defining thing, but it seems like a major takeaway from a lot of motherfuckers. Yeah. Who appreciate you hanging with the cat, too. It's kind of distracting <laughs> you. But, um... Keeping it lively. That's good, yeah. though, man. I mean, like, just... I appreciate the honesty. No doubt, no doubt. Let's keep the honesty going. Let's keep the talks of uh, life and youth and... Just in general, everything going. Mm -hmm. What were your hobbies as a youth, maybe besides like sports? Like, were you into music at all as like a listener or like, you know, art at all? Yeah, so I think, I mean, sports pretty much took up most of my time. But I did, I did start my, I think my journey with music 
because that's definitely something I've always like been attached to or has been attached to me, I guess. Um, yeah, started playing piano early when I was like eight years old, but it didn't last long because I was like really stubborn about like the lessons and like practicing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I was just, I was such a wild kid. Um, like sitting down for piano was like, I don't know, just like just to get my mom to get me to do that was always like kind of a challenge and stuff. But I, I loved it a lot, but I just didn't have the patience for it when I was a kid. So, but it did come back to me later as I've, you know, my like teen years and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think growing up, yeah, it was pretty much, it was pretty much just that. Like, and it's just kind of strange. Like, I don't think I really, I don't really think I started developing my own like personal hobbies and like personal pursuits until you know like yeah you're like you're a teenager and you have those like coming of age moments and stuff and you get introduced to to new things and like alternatives and a lot of that was through like hip-hop and stuff so like i wanted to keep talking about crank that yeah let's get in do you feel like that was a pretty like defining moment in your exposure to music and culture absolutely absolutely because one of one of the things was i think it showed me it showed me a lot, like, it showed me how powerful this thing that, like, hip-hop is. Because I remember, like, some of my first memories, I, I had a couple of, uh, you know, some of my, I mean, most of my friends growing up were white. But I had, like, there was two two black kids that I was friends with in church. And I just remember, like, like when you asked me that question, like, my first memory of, like, hip-hop was, like, you and that soldier boy in, in, in you. church and shit yeah. yeah nah we didn't we didn't have the whole we didn't have the whole get up that would have been sick yeah but. yeah cause wait I could be wrong I'm getting like a a visual are you referencing that like the music video where they're in the church and Hell shit yeah. okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Baggy. I, I do I do remember that yeah yeah alright here's a deal we just gotta talk about the cultural impact of that time again because I'm a first hand experiencer of this as you are mm-hmm. but it's cool to be different game like or times in the game in a sense like I'm yeah. sixth grade when that comes out uh-huh. in Old Orchard Beach Maine uh-huh. the impact of that was so wild you had kids even like months after that song coming out going like yeah bitch yeah like on the bus which was yeah. a Soldier Boy song I don't even know what motherfuckers were saying and then I found the Soldier Boy album like kind of when I finally had internet accessibility because I didn't have like internet until like <laughs> later than most kids mm-hmm. and I was like holy shit half the jokes these motherfuckers been saying is from the Soldier Boy album yeah that was probably one of the most influential things I think culturally in America at the time and youth culture at least. Yeah. And it's not let's let's be honest, it's a banger. Yeah. But technically, like, that's not the most well rapped song of like, all time, bro. Like, come on, man. Yeah. I'm just going yeah. front. Like I think that <laughs> But that type of music is integral to life. We need yeah. fun music, we need vibes, and I ain't never talking shit about that type of music. But I'm just saying, I mean Soldier Boy it's not, you know, top 10. You know, it ain't anybody's top 10 in terms of, like, the density of the, the verses he's putting out. Right, Maybe an right. impact, which is what my, you know, two senses. Um, do you just have any other memories from that time period about, like... Maybe Soldier Boy is a good example, but, like, I feel like the internet, at least for me, that's when it exploded with hip-hop. Yeah. Soldier Boy and LimeWire coming to my head at the same time, like... It was very, like, MySpaces at that time. I don't know if you were um, old enough for that shit, but it was like... I, like, just missed MySpace, yeah. but yeah. It was weird because we were experiencing 
a very computerized version of the internet. The internet mm-hmm. wasn't some shit you had in your pocket or on a laptop you could bring everywhere. Some people had laptops and shit, mm-hmm. but you know it was like clunky, weird Apple ones that were like round and looked almost like uh, like Trix yogurt colors. And oh then, yeah, and with like the clear plastic, clear plastic, and stuff. yeah, or the yeah. thick like Dell ones that you could kill a motherfucker yeah, with, yeah, allegedly. And um, <laughs> the internet was like something that was like either in like someone's living room attached to a device or like yeah. in the back room at the crib. Yeah. Now it's just like I said, it's like everywhere. And it's just so yeah. interesting to think about the exposure of it all. And I think this shit feels spiritual to me, bro. I'm 120 deep in this shit almost. Just interviewing um, artists because there is a divinity in like the impact this has on us. Bro. Mm-hmm. We're still talking about this shit. Yeah. It's, it's, you told me I'd be talking about crank that. In this moment, I'll be like, what the fuck? But it makes sense. It just makes sense, man. Yeah. I want to keep marinating, though, on this kind of theme of youth and music and influence. Mm-hmm. One question I want to have about your family or just maybe friend group, church could be a place where this might apply. Mm-hmm. Were there any musicians in your family or, like, circles that maybe, you know, influenced you at all in terms of wanting to be a musician? Or was it just, uh, you know, something you found? Yeah, I think, I mean, growing up, yeah, I didn't really have, I didn't really have any musicians in my family. Um, like immediately or like you know nobody nobody who was like like I have I had an uncle who would like play guitar and stuff here now and then but like he wasn't you know somebody I like admired after in terms of like being an artist or anything like you know my family wasn't a lot of there wasn't yeah it wasn't a lot of like music in growing up like with my family I, I think definitely it became something that I just like it kind of just called to me and I just kind of found it on my own mm. so yeah, that's perfect because um, I wanted to um. I guess just get into the period when the raps start. When when did you officially start getting the ideas you wanted to to spit? So. I think yeah. I mean, I, I, like. The lineage, or not the lineage, but like the moment where it all started is like pretty definitive in my, in uh, in Jalil's personal lore, or whatever. But it was definitely think like junior year of high school I started I joined the poetry club at my school and was just writing like poems and stuff and I found a lot of like success and like fulfillment with that and I don't know it's just kind of strange because I'd always loved rap music I always loved hip-hop I don't know why my first thought was just like with poetry and everything yeah. but synonymous right yeah 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 definitely um but yeah, I, I joined the poetry club, and that just brought a whole different dimension to my life than I'd had before. And then I always like when I get asked this question, I always I always give credit to my boy um, Allende because he we so we had, we had had a rap group in high school. Wait, Allende, yeah, yeah. I yeah. interviewed Allende. Not to interrupt you, sir. So let's, let's keep this moment here. But yeah, I interviewed um the artist when. He went by A.B. the King, mm-hmm. and we talked about the same shit about, like, Falmouth being, like, kind of whack, and, like, there wasn't a lot of people that, like, kind of were into the things and, like, cultures he was into and shit, mm-hmm. and it's so dope that now that, don't, that you guys, like, had a, that's why I love this podcast, yeah, bro, now yeah. go listen to that podcast, and you'll hear his story, too, it's like, yeah. shit, so we keep going, you'll kill. Yeah, so yeah. This, it was real, so I was doing poetry and stuff, I think I had performed, because they did, like, talent shows, and, like, they had, like, open mics and stuff or something. Um, and I performed and like, yeah, like I killed that shit because, and you know, people there weren't, I think that was something like what I brought to 
the poetry slam scene found was like you know something that people there like listeners hadn't really experienced before because i was talking that real shit you know and so i think after that i just remember being in the hall and like ab came up to me and i didn't even really know him that well at the time but he came up to me and was like yeah we're starting to we're starting a movement we're starting a group and it was me homie orlando timmy aka mentality uh jacobian and what's both name uh the homie danny the homie danny um so it was like five what was y'all name the 513 what does that mean so 513 was the name 513 was the room number of um they'd put this little like studio in a in one of the rooms like near the library or school for like recording and stuff so we would just mob up in there and that's where we like did our tracks and stuff so tremendous yeah. so young roots then shit man yeah so writing was kind of how it all started yeah did you have any poets you were fucking with at the time oh my the or poets writers? i was inspired by were rappers talk on them uh i think at that time it was heavily i want to say like joey badass and like chance definitely chance That's like cool. lyrically like his whole style yeah, was what year influence. is this this is i'm gonna guess just off the top of you saying that it's gotta be between 20 i'm gonna say between 2012 and 2015 yeah yeah, yeah. definitely definitely right at yeah, yeah. in that time period heavy I, for me because i fuck with like acid rap and uh you know 1999 heavy i mentioned joey earlier like i was in my late teens when that shit came out and I yeah was like, fuck. Or like it's cool to be alive when artists are making shit that's impactful and it resonates with you you know it feels like you're part mm-hmm. of the moment and then it is inspiring so you know you yeah. felt that same shit it sounds like totally, for sure. bro yeah no yeah i think like a lot of the music that time period like yeah like acid like acid rap and like 1999 are like probably like my two like essential albums and then also i'd throw in i'd throw in like wolf and then like doris too like I, i'm an odd future kid yeah. as well which is like yeah because again like you're in your early teens right when this yeah. shit's popping up it's yeah. so because so you and the motherfuckers screaming around town like scribbling on shit of yeah uh yeah. what is it Kill oh, future, burns, K- shit, KTA, yeah, yeah yeah that's so funny i dude i still remember the first time i saw the earl video i was 16 or 17 and it was the fucking 745 750 computer lab mm-hmm. and it was just like I was so like overwhelmed by like, just like the trancyness and the darkness of the beat. And yeah. I'm like, I was like kind of one of the huge hip hop cats at that time. In my circle, I hadn't even like tapped in deeply yet. I was still ignorant, stupid motherfucking like white seventeen year old. But it's a whole different story. But that shit resonated with me too. And it's just like fuck that Earl shit when that came out, bro. Like that was a wave of stuff, man. That's yeah. one of those artists I feel like the internet kind of like fucked up. <laughs> like uh. The way kind of like a lot of cats view them in a sense, because it's hard. Like I feel like uh, when you look at uniqueness and influence, Earl's definitely somebody who's carved out a pretty big niche of the underground. I mean, he's just dropping out with Alchemist and shit, and everyone got their preferences. You know, nothing's good nor bad; everything just is. But mm-hmm. you go back to the early Earl shit days, at least you could tell that motherfucker was on some different shit. I'm like, what is that? I'm a high and bothered ast or hot and bothered astronaut crashing while jacking off the yeah. buffer vids astronaut eating applesauce. Yeah. Just like alliteration. And I remember, I think, I could be tripping, but the legend, who we're going to do a very brief moment of silence after this, I could be wrong, but I think Sean Price was tweeting about, uh, remember Woe off Doris? Yeah. He was like, motherfuckers ain't understanding what he's saying. Like, oh, this. wow. So first recipe, Sean Price, real quick, moment of silence.
I miss Sean Price so fucking much. So I really try to make sure, like, when you bring up people's names, the power they had in their life is remembered. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It seems kind of maybe like some some motherfuckers might not get that, but that's, nah, like, that's some of the most important shit for me, bro. Like, you, you care about people. That. They don't die if you keep saying their name. Yeah. Enough about me. Nothing about Sean Price. Enough about Earl Sweatshirt. All love. Jaleel. Man. Do you remember the first time you started, like, putting the words into a mic and recording? Yeah, I think... So, there's, like, there's like two moments that kind of stick out. One was definitely the whole, like, when we were doing the 513 stuff at the school and all that. Like, that was, that was, like, that was just, like, that was such a ball doing that. And I remember, like, yeah, I guess the first rap I wrote I remember the very first poem I wrote and then the first rap that I wrote with the group but then like I think what was more impactful for me was the first rap that I wrote like on my own when I decided like I was gonna actually pursue this for real and it was like an independent thing like I was doing like for me and that was so I had I graduated high school I spent my first year college or no, this was after my sophomore year of school. I was always like writing raps in my notebook and stuff, but then I remember, man, it's so interesting. So I, I had been, I was spending that summer in Brooklyn, New York. This was in 20, when was this, 2018? No, this was 2019. And I had been doing this like internship with Genius, with like Rap Genius, because I was a journalism major and I had like I was writing a bunch. I was doing like hip hop journalism yeah. and stuff. That's what I was. I got a journalism degree too. So yeah, oh, that's sure, what's yeah, up. yeah. That's yeah. So you already know. Yeah, so that's I, a hard industry to be in, bro. Twenty nineteen, bro. It is. Yeah, challenging. Um, but I just remember like, I remember like leading up to that moment, I had done like a lot of hip hop journalism, a lot of like concert photography and stuff, and like, I just kept finding myself like. You know, I was getting I was getting real close to the game and everything. Like I was I had met like I like met Gunna or something and like I just remember being like I got this one photo of like Lil Wayne at this concert where I'm like as close as I am to homie here. I was like standing in front of Lil Wayne and I was just like this isn't real right now cuz like coming from up here and stuff like middle of bumfuck nowhere man love this place but like oh, so we're out the way you gotta put in you gotta be in the trenches with your elbows every day to make a name out here type shit from from Maine for sure yeah so yeah I mean just like I just felt myself like getting closer and closer to it and then being a genius like I'm you know I'm sitting there writing these articles and stuff and that was a crazy experience yeah so I wanna I hear so this can I grill you on this genius shit yeah let me know how are you feeling you wanna you know, talk on everything yeah we can speak let's talk on that what, what What did you learn about the game in that place so okay so this was so two things I think I learned some stuff about the game and I also learned some stuff about myself through that the first thing just to like answer your, your first question was like as I was doing that and like working that internship and stuff like it just, you know, it was one of those things where, like, I just, I kind of saw it clear as day. Like, at one point, like, genius was, like, a dream job for me. And then I got that shit, and I was doing it, and I was like, I can do more. Like, I, I can, like, and I just boiled it down like this. Like, I can either be the dude writing the article, or I can be the dude in the article. So, were you, like, and were you, like, in the office and shit? Like, was it, is it one central genius office? Yeah, so they got, like, 
Oh, this is exciting. I got a mole, yeah, bro. Yeah, I kind of, ooh, ooh. This is Vlad TV a little bit. This ain't no. We're this, in this, there, this, is we're this is narwhar. This is journalism. Yeah. I don't want to uh, ever, well, personally, I could be tripping, but I feel like Vlad TV uh, sensationalizes and leashes off people. Oh, yeah. And nah. I don't want to ever do that. Nah, my fault. I should never compare it, you to Vlad. You can do whatever you want. It's all love. I know I came from a good place. <laughs> I know you're just being like, oh, we're we, we going to say <laughs> some shit. Deep, shit. I yeah, feel your film shit. Yeah. It's all love. But, uh, I definitely finna talk some shit about genius, bro. Uh, yeah, man, I could, I could tell you some Not shit. Not that I have any beef. I just think that company's gotta be held accountable. Talk shit about me, bro. Put me on the spot too. Like every, everyone gotta be held accountable. So yeah. let's talk about genius, bro. One okay. big office. Yeah, I mean they had a building and it was different, uh, different floors for each kind of like department. You know, like marketing and then like the editorial, which is where I was, and then like. You know other stuff because it, it, it's a big business and everything. It's a you know? huge company, bro. huge. Initially, huge. I kind of fuck with the idea. A lot of lyrics are important, but I feel like I'm kind of more on Makami side of motherfuckers. Know what I'm saying? The whole like what he said about it. Yeah, it's just like oh, he just takes his lyrics down from that site. Oh, really? It's like copyright requests because people put the wrong words up when he doesn't like a shit misrepresented. Yeah. And I think there's a whole indicative thing. Man, I could be wrong, but who runs Genius? Do you know from the top? Oh, man, yeah, homie. Uh, his name Tom Lehman. Old guy, young guy. Nah, he's like he's like I don't know. He's like millennial, millennial, millennial age. Okay. Do you ever get to like link with him, meet meet him up? Yeah, I met him. He, I mean, Out he's a good dude. He he's a good, he's a friendly dude, good dude. He seemed very well intended. Um, and no, I mean like yeah, I, I gotta give him props too because like you know he built that whole thing up. And also you know like genius, what genius does, like what it initially did was like a huge part of why, you know, like I said, like hip hop opened a lot of doors for me mm-hmm. and like. You, know, you always hear what people are talking about, but actually, like, I think back in the day when Genius was kind of first bubbling, like, I just remember going on there and just, like, learning so much about, like, the world of hip-hop through, yeah. like... Well, like I said, th- there was a lot of, like, important lyrics that were, like, you know, official verified ones that was, like, copied and shit. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not trying to say I have beef with Genius, too. That's not the lens. It's just, like... Right. I got beef with many companies that, like, are profiting off of hip-hop and maybe, like maybe not giving back in the sense they should or being respectful to the artistry. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that uh, that Genius is doing that either. I'm just trying to find out if they're trying to find out if they are. I yeah, <laughs> I, will, I will say to that, I remember just like one thing, there's one thing about it that was just like very, like it just put a lot of stuff in perspective. Like I think it was, it was just some like, so they had like a work, you know, like Slack, you know, very well yeah so yeah. there was like a slack channel if y'all don't know what that is like slack is like some business kind of like group chat type shit where you can like share documents with different like clusters of like groups you can kind of be in but yeah. it's like oversight from like you know the top where like there can be entire like company you know like group chats too yeah for compartmentalized but very like you know business type shit yeah so there was i remember there was um it was on, like one of my like last weeks of being there too like there was something that happened they were talking about like Colin Kaepernick was in the news or something because he was like kneeling or doing whatever. There was some controversy about it. And I just remember being in the in the Slack channel and some dude was like talking shit about like oh like he should be grateful like, like his disrespectful. Like, it was an employee like a work Slack yeah, channel. It was like an employee employee channel, and this dude was just talking all this mess about like about like black people and stuff and just like you know everything going on in America and all that and like. I can't lie, like, that shit made me hot because I was like, bro, this doesn't make any sense. Like, because, and, like, my thought was, like, how are you sitting here? You're you're part of this company that is, yeah, make it, it, it exists and it finances itself 
off and around like hip hop and black like culture. black culture it's it's revolutionary music and like what niggas are doing in hip hop everything that they're putting out and everything they're saying is toward the same objective that Colin Kaepernick is getting at when he's kneeling so like I'm sitting here thinking like what like it doesn't make any sense for you like you wouldn't have this job if it wasn't for dudes like Kaepernick if it wasn't for dudes like Karras one the and energy, like but the mindset behind that shit yeah yeah so like that to me just shows me that like you know certain people in that industry are just kind of out of touch with and what this whole like, thing is you know as fuck. <laughs> yes you know that's I guess that is pretty much what I think I was putting my brain towards more is like I feel like there's individuals and I don't want to assume shit but like a lot of white motherfuckers in hip hop in journalism and like I don't want to guess it was the building in Brooklyn yeah yeah. like in like places like Brooklyn where it's like hotbeds of like youth commerce entertainment yeah who have made livings off of black culture and black artists and black people but aren't showing respect or any like just understanding Mm -hmm. of the culture behind that man it really just is like something that doesn't sit right at all with me man yeah I appreciate hearing you say that I feel like because I'm wet I have to be three times like aware of that shit bro I don't want to be that cool white dude especially in Maine you see how many motherfuckers out here in Maine they're gonna get checked by their 13 white friends look like fools out here yeah man there's it's, so many motherfuckers out it's here. so like bro <laughs> it's it's really interesting because like the scene out here is like that is like it i'm glad to hear you say that too because it's like like it's just weird because like yeah a lot of like the scene out here is dominated by those kinds of people who have like they love to partake in it and consume it but they don't you know they aren't held to the same responsibility of like you know what it really takes to be like an MC and everything. And yes, like this is a black art. Hip hop is black as fuck. It's My yeah, fuck is like, like it's, it's to me it's unequivocally like black. I'm a guest in this shit. It's black culture. If you don't get it, how the fuck are you even in this shit at this point? Yeah, and that's like I feel like that's like because at this point, like I mean, hip hop is like international. Hip hop is worldwide, and like I feel like the thing is like you like you ask any black dude or like any you know rapper in general like. I don't really like it like I'm like we're like I'm happy that like other people and people from other cultures can rap like hearing like even like UK rap and stuff and just like people you know other people rapping is just like it's cool but it's just like I feel like I feel like there's a misconception about like why there's a want and a need for us to gatekeep that shit a little bit because it's like we're not upset that other people are partaking in our crap it's just like we created this thing and everybody else is kind of like getting something else out of it but we're still you know in america we're still at the bottom of the barrel so yeah i mean i mean but really i can't speak on any of that because that ain't an experience or perspective i'll under firsthand understand but when i view all that shit brody it's just like if you can't just understand that certain cultures create certain things and you have to respect that and in every essence hip-hop pertains to black culture in that way you just don't deserve to be in it man and like it just it's just fucked up that like we're living a world uh, in a country or system that's so like whitewashed and white supremacy is so ingrained in like the macro and microcosms of everyday life mm-hmm. that people don't see that and in areas like this yeah the majority i feel like if i could say like partakes in like kind of privilege of that and they don't you know like nine times out of ten motherfuckers ain't gonna put their body or their safety on the line for the ideals that they make a living off of. True, but true. That shit don't sit right. Yeah, yeah. 
And I just, again, I just appreciate the honesty because there's too many. I mean, I'm, I'm on my shit, you know, like, <laughs> with speaking in the mic and being aware, but mm-hmm. we're speaking from the heart right now because I'm not even getting close to the mic. Like, I got to get up in here and just say, like, I appreciate the honesty, bro, straight up because this yeah. is what the shit's about. Hip-hop is about putting a mirror to what's already out here. Yeah. And uh, any of you white-ass motherfuckers acting incorrect out here, if I'm around yeah, you, man. just know it ain't, it ain't going to fly. Yeah, I'm and it ain't even about me. It's just... Show respect in the culture you were guesting. Yeah. Tremendous, man. I love these are the conversations that I, we need to have. Definitely. Because um, I'm off topic now. I gotta go back to my email of <laughs> questions. Sure. But ah oh, man. That, that hit that hit me. Yeah. Um the earliest work I found from the Jaleel name was about three years back on the SoundCloud. Mm. It was a track called Joneson, I believe. Do you remember oh, yeah. that joint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanna yeah. talk on that? Yeah, sure. So that, yeah, I think. Man. That is an interesting track. I just remember, remember writing that. Did I write that? I think that was also 2019. Yeah, just being at uh, yeah, that was when I was at Howard. Um, it's like my second year being in the dorms there and stuff. Wait, you went to Howard? Yeah, yeah. So that was. Let's talk about that. How that happened? Okay. So yeah. So after. Pause. Pause on the music. Okay. Wait, is Howard in D.C.? Yeah, Howard's in D.C. Because I was going to say, how did you get to D.C. and yeah, shit? So let's yeah. wrap all that up. Talk okay. on that journey. Because Brooklyn, was that an internship? Yeah, that was an internship. Did that come through Howard? Um, Yeah, it did. But kind of like, so, all right, so. Yeah, put the pieces together. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll lay it out. So, yeah, so after, like, growing up here and stuff and being, um, like, in Falmouth and all that, my first thought when I turned 18 was like, how do I get the fuck out of here? <laughs> so I went to, um, you know, my, my route to that was through college. So I applied and I went to uh, went to school at Fordham University in the Bronx, mm-hmm. um, which was like going to New York was like a dream for me because like, yeah, hugely inspired by like New York rap, like Joy Badass and then like, you know, Tribe and like ASAP and, you know, just different. I feel like that's the closest influence that I could like pull from without like it. It wouldn't make sense for me to be an East Coast kid like rapping like some California yeah, kids. Well, I feel you. Like I feel like I hit that. So, like I, st- I feel like the East Coast is like one big area. And yeah. once you hear like Prodigy rap for the first time, you're like, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably gonna have like a bacon egg sandwich and like stand yeah. outside in the cold like once a year for sure. Like, yeah, in my soul, yeah, bro. I yeah. I cannot do. I it. mean, we'd be on close to the same shit. So, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I went to school in. Went to school at Fordham for a year, and I was tight. I met some really dope people there, um, but in a small pocket because the rest of, you know, outside of the friends that I made, it was it was very similar to my experience growing up in Falmouth. So just, you know, rich, preppy yeah, kind of, you know. Um, um, journalism degree, though? Like, was that what, you, what were you studying? At the time I was studying, I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I just was like, all right, political science, just... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thought I was gonna do some cool shit with that, um, but then yeah. So after that, and actually, I had actually got a chance to meet uh, Tom Lehman while I was at Fordham, and that's why I learned about the genius. Yeah, yeah. That's why I learned about the internship program and all that. Um, And so after that year, I transferred um, to Howard the next summer. And that was twenty. That was twenty eighteen, and then that's when I I switched my degree to journalism, and I was writing for the school paper, and that's when I was doing like the concert photography and like hella, 
uh, like articles on hip hop journalism. What was what was this time like? Like when you got to you know transfer and you're at a new school. Like, was there like good things, bad things about it? Yeah, it was. It was man. I'll I'll be honest, man. It was challenging. It was a lot to adjust to. I'd never really been in that kind of environment or had that kind of experience before. Um, so, yeah, it was it was definitely I, like in general, my a lot of the time spent in college was like exploratory for me because yeah, just growing up here and how I came from was like pretty much <coughs> polar opposite to to what Howard presents and what those kinds of environments present. Yeah. That's a, that's a HBCU, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it was great. It was a, it was a blessing to be able to go there. I met some really dope cats there. Like some really some really cool people. I could be so fucking wrong. Did Mavi go to school there when you were there? He did. He did. Yeah, we were we were at school there at the same time for like 2 years, I think. And I met I met him a couple times. Is it a big school? It's like Nah, it's like it's like pretty small, but it's like dense, if that makes sense. Where's it at in DC? Is it in the city? Yeah, it's in the city. It's um where is it? It's like I don't know shit I don't know shit about DC. Yeah, it's in like it's in like northwest, I guess. So you know, pretty close to like downtown, definitely like a populated area. So yeah, it was it was cool. Like DC DC in itself was yeah, you know, there was the culture, the culture change of going to Howard, and then the culture change of going to DC, because yeah, it's culture. The black culture is very rich there. Very yeah, I feel rich. like going from Falmouth is Fordham like hella white. You said, mm-hmm. hey, if I'm going to Fordham to an HBCU, must be hella different, bro. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like night and day. <laughs> what were the Mavi stories? So with Mavi, I guess like. It's really, it's really interesting. I, I like, sadly, I didn't really get a chance to know him that well, but it's, just, it was so crazy for me because I was just, you know, I was going through a lot of just like changes and challenges, like adjusting to that. It's a hard. College is a really fucked up time too, bro. Yeah, it was, and I think at that time, I'd also like, by that time, like I had kind of like. I like and this kind of goes back to the initial thing you asked me but like I think at that time I'd kind of like shelved the idea of like being a rapper or doing anything because I was just like I'm from Maine like I I can't do this like what the fuck I look like going out here trying to try to make my name and all that and I like I was kind of like that for like my first few years of school but then when I was at Howard there was just like so much going on and like so many kids were pursuing music and there was open mics and just so many opportunities for that. So I was just like, all right, you know what, fuck it. This is a place I can try to get that done. I might mm-hmm. as well do that. And then that following summer, after that experience with Genius, was like, all right, nah, I'm finna make this happen. Like, I'm gonna go do this. But still, like, kind of carrying that kind of mindset of how to approach my own creativity and, like, how to envision like envisioning myself as being a successful artist and being a rapper is like very challenging and honestly something I still that is still a challenge it's to me. necessary you have to have that faith yeah to do something yeah and that's part of the that's part of the title on that on yeah, the album we'll, yeah. we'll get into next that's but a good segue let's talk about the time pcp the what time pcp oh time piece yeah, yeah for sure that's a julio project right yeah 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 your... that's the next one was that was that your first ep yeah yeah it was that was um that was the first project 
well, yeah, the first the first of two projects where I really like sat down and was like, yeah, I'm gonna make a project and was like trying to be like very intentional with it. How and did you link with Y2K Jalen? So how did I link with him? Did Jalen contribute to that project? Yes, he did in a in a huge way. Do you produce by way. the way? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We'll get into that because I want to talk about V1 Bucket after this, but I want to marinate on this Jalen shit. Okay. Talk on Jalen, how'd y'all link? So I met him through a B. He had thrown, AB had threw this, uh, like, community day in Deering Oaks a couple yeah, years clean ago. Up. Was it cleanup and yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah. Were you at that, make that I could not make that, and I respected the fuck out that oh, shit. Oh, man, that, oh, that was a oh, live event. Always moving forward. Yeah, always forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was his brand at the time. I think, he's, yeah, he's still running that. Um, but, yeah, I just, I met him. I had, like, man, it was so much going on that day. Like, I think we were, like, something happened. There were some, like, technical difficulties or, or something, but... I just ended up kind of pulling through and like, uh, yeah, just I rapped and did a couple, did a couple tracks and yeah, uh, Jalen and his bro like came up to me. It was Jalen at first and he was just like, "Yo, like you're tough, like we should link." And then we chopped it up a little, and then I I had gone back to school that fall and then I came back and I was working I was working on the EP through that whole fall, and then. It was like winter break. I was back here, and winter break was like three weeks or like a month almost. So I came back here, and was like, "All right, I need somewhere to like record stuff and get it touched off and finalized." So I just I reached out to them. And time zone. Here. Yeah. So yeah, the timepiece, time zone. Yeah, kind of yeah. yeah. Just kind of it was kind of boring to be. Shout out all the homies yeah, at uh, shout out time zone. Time zone studio. Shout out Jalen. Shout, shout out Permi. Shout out Chris. Man. Shout out Y2K. Man. By too crazy killing it. Shout out Permi. Permi, my favorite rapper Bro, right Permi's now. From May. Don't don't play with Permi. Don't fucking play with. Super don't play Permi. with none of them guys. You play with Permi, you play with the whole Ryan Beat Street team and the whole Ryan Beat Empire. Just know that. Let's talk about V One Bucket because after like the time PCP, Julio, I feel like you really stayed busy. Uh, this is winter twenty two. You know, this ain't too far mm-hmm. in our recent past here. Mm-hmm. Was V One Bucket a produce that? Was was that a piece, excuse me, that you entirely produced? Yeah. Was that the first time you would drop something like that? Yeah, talk yeah. Talk on that. Let's that talk track on that. is really unique because that, that opened a lot of doors for me, too. So the story with, with Bucket is just like, it's kind of like, I don't want to call it a throwaway or something, but it was just kind of like something that just happened. I think I like, I like microdosed some shrooms that morning, and I just like, my, my roommate back in D.C., he played guitar. And I was just like, yo, can I just borrow your guitar? And was just kind of like strumming on it, and like I never really played guitar at all. But like, I think like I don't know musically. Like I'm still learning music theory and like learning how to like read notes and stuff. Cause I, I played piano and stuff, but like so I'm not really sharp on that. But like I know music, so like I I was able just to get the guitar to say or do what I wanted to hear, and I just you know I liked it. I remember I just played it on the acoustic and then I just kind of threw some, uh, yeah, like reverb and, and stuff on it, just a little bit of effect. And it was just like, this is peaceful, so I'm gonna just put this out. So, yeah, that was that was a fun joint. You, you said it opened doors. What did you mean by that? It just kind of expanded my mind a little bit. It kind of made me realize, like, you know, I think going forward with my career and stuff, I want to do a lot of stuff with just music and instrumentation in general. So I it just reminded myself that I, I, you know, I love hip hop, hip hop, my first love for real. It's cliches, no. people say it is, but- To the casket drop. 
right and so yeah but then after that i was just like okay i can do i can do more with this and i think that's that's the story for a lot of a lot of young black kids in general like i think like tyler talks about it a lot in like his interviews and like recently like with his success and everything because like you know like like you know obviously like he started with earl and stuff in that same time period of just like very brash like you know like unadulterated <sighs> you, like teen energy we want to front y'all motherfuckers y'all internet twitter motherfuckers x motherfuckers fuck whatever fuck x. elon musk y'all would have canceled tyler creator try to the second y'all heard like transylvania or some Dude. shit bro <laughs> like I want to say this, man. Just on some story shit, bro. Yeah. Although it should beach, man. 2011. Uh-huh. I'm in a sand pit in the woods. Uh-huh. Two minivans come thundering down a rocky ledge. Oh, shit. Pull up in the sand pit. Motherfuckers hop in. Start rolling blunts. Cats in the back with the hatchback clothes. Lifted up. Feet up. Can barely fit. Yeah. I go up and see the homies in one of these vans. I knock on one of them. The most smoke I had ever seen at the time. The most wild synthesizers I had ever heard at the time. The oh, most wow. wild, like, hip-hop probably I'd ever heard at the time came out. Yeah. Motherfuckers was just clamp-baking on, like, I think some joints from the Bastard tape from Tyler. What the fuck, bro? That shit was wild. That, that, was, that was, like, when you first heard That was one of the first shit. times I heard them joints. Yeah. First time I heard Tyler was through Yonkers, but, like... That was the first time I'll say hip hop really became this thing for me. I'm like, this is what will impact youth the most forever. Mm-hmm. Whether it's indicative of black culture, whether it's indicative of like the music, whether it's indicative of whatever. I just feel like if this shit hits your soul when you're young and you realize the power of it, you can't ever undermine that. It just is a part of you, man. And yeah. It's just funny, man. Like I didn't mean to get on a tangent, but like you, you just bringing up that shit like yeah. makes me think about like the power of this shit bro it really is everywhere man it's yeah. so fucking beautiful it is it has man. to be marinated on and be like wow man like but back on the Jaleel story as you were saying mm-hmm. Tyler was talking about how you know like maybe hip hop can be an entrance way to other sounds you weren't privy yeah. to in a sense yeah definitely. that could be maybe talking about sampling too if we want to get on some other topics that aren't really you know on my list this mm-hmm. is why we talk on podcasts and shit yeah. hip hop is my favorite genre because it has put me onto the most amount of shit ever yeah. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Like I would like the shit that Dilla alone has put me on to and that's one producer. Yeah. What do you feel about this topic? Talk on Bro, that. off of that, man, like I feel like yeah, bro, like there's some like hip hop touches like every facet of like every culture that's like ever existed. Like every sound every you've heard. every sound like yeah, I mean I, I mean, just in general, like yeah, like producers like Mad Lib and Dilla alone Don't like need- Bro, like that's a whole that's a whole topic. Like I could talk, I could talk, I could do two hundred episodes about Madlib. Yeah, yeah, no, really though, because like, like, bro, sampling in general, like, is just like so. Like, I guess a better way to say it is like every, every you can find some facet of every culture will somehow meet in hip hop, whether it's a sample, whether whether it's like Madlib, like sampling like Peruvian like yodeling or some shit or like yeah or or like Wu-Tang on some like mafiosa shit talking about like the Genovese family and this and how much of like kung fu lore and movies yeah did they introduce to the world the cat is knocking things down 
birthday shenanigans. Can't we still running. Damn, man. No, you're right, though. Hip-hop is just global, international, it's universal. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if the Big Bang was started when Herc dropped the needle for the first time or when Lee Scratch Perry started doing shit for the first time or when King uh, Tubby started doing shit for the first time. That could have caused the Big Bang back in the way because it's space-time yeah. or something we cannot see in our own perception. What yeah. if it's all just one entity and the shit happens in the future Ooh. and it could take the past? What I'm saying is, can we talk about the joint Vegas nerve? Okay, yeah, for sure. What inspired you to make that song, Vegas Nerve? Oh, man, it's, it's actually kind of embarrassing. I was I was mad. You don't have to if it's too much. Nah, it's cool because yeah. I'm going to be authentic. Good, 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 yeah. I, I got dubbed by a shorty, and I was sick about it. Yeah. So I made I made the track. Um, it's a good way to get shit out. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. It was definitely like a therapeutic thing. I definitely, I definitely got my shit off on it and some bars and shit, too. But then the name Vegas Nerve is some like deeper. Yeah, uh, talk, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, talk on that for sure. So that um, I remember, man, this is this is deep. But I remember talking to like my therapist about it because you know it's like heartbreak. That's where and I shit. learned about it too. Yeah, Therapy. and talking about like you know psychosomatic stuff and like because I'm very like I'll be honest, bro. Like I'm a, I'm a very emotional person and I feel my emotions like very, like presently and like very real and i just remember like in that specific moment what i was going through i just i told my therapist i was like yeah like i like i remember telling him like i felt it in like a specific area of my brain and like in my body and i was like trying to tell him about it and he was like yes yeah, your vegas nerve school me on that so i was like oh that's tight because i didn't even know like i didn't even know that there was like a relationship between those two kinds of things. Like I thought I was just tripping. No. So no. that was you know it was cool. It was cool to get to know that, and yeah, because it's all it's all about mastery too. And that's another thing about that you know that hip hop does. It's it's been for me, and I'm sure a great deal of many other people. It's helped me like kind of understand myself better in a lot of ways, and like. You know, there's definitely different patterns and stuff that we go through in life and being able to like this hip hop shit and like being a writer is such a gift because like I can really, you know, if I'm going through something, I can like take a step back and sit down and put that shit on paper. And, you know, if it, you know, attach it with a melody, make it rhyme. And that's how I like understand and like reason with things and like cope with things. And, like, you know, without that, I don't know what kind of position I would be in. I don't know what kind of dude I'd be right now. I'd probably be out my mind right now. No. Yeah. It's like, all that shit just hits, you know? Yeah. One thing I forget about when I'm on a podcast is that podcasting and conversation are not the same thing sometimes. Mm. When I resonate with motherfuckers, I don't even have to, like, really speak anymore. I just try and convey the feeling of understanding through my energy. I was about to do mm -hmm. that. I was about to just be silent. I'd be like, yeah. I feel you. I'm like, dap you. And I'm like, nah, I gotta like, uh, talk on that. Cause that's real, bro. Like, we're really, uh, powerful beings, man. What we experience and we're really just simply what we react to more than what we are. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the emotions we feel, man. I feel you on that heavy. And the vagus nerve is no joke. When you read into like the vagus nerve, I don't want to like rant and project too much of maybe my life out here, but the vagus nerve is something about the human body that changed how I view everything. Mm -hmm. Because the mind is not just the mind and the way we think it is, it is physical. 
mm-hmm. you have thoughts in your brain that legit can create such a reaction that can send a neural response to hit a nerve mm-hmm. that will go down the back of your neck, your spine, your stomach. And what happens when you get nervous? Your brain freaks out, you get chills yeah, in your you neck, your spine, and bubble guts and butterflies. Yeah, yeah. There's a nerve that intertwines all that. Yeah. And through, I'm projecting again, but through my life, bro, it. meditative breath control and awareness of the vagus nerve has allowed me to truly understand that I am not a body, I am not a mind, I am merely energy that is aware of itself in the greater context of energy. And this is just how I view myself. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't have to view yourself like that, but I don't believe in many things that are truthful. And when I close my eyes and look inward in infinite ways, this is what I feel is the truth. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have had that understanding without the fact that there are things in the archetype of our makeup that take us out of ourselves so much we forget what we are. Mm. And the vagus nerve is something that once you can control a little bit, and it's really hard to control, it changes you. It's like when you're where the pineal gland for the first time, it changes mm-hmm. you. There's things in the human body that like, yeah. we are divine space robots that are computerized to feel crazy shit from the cosmos. Yeah, yeah. And not even some real like, oh, they're high. No, this is the truth, bro. I I was baptized. I believe in that 3,000 times less times a million actually that I believe in this so yeah, yeah shout out uh, the Vegas shout there bro the Vegas I just there, wanted to man. say that shit cause yeah I would not be here too without this shit music saved me yeah but one pillar that saved me too was awareness of self and therapy got me to that point yeah and the Vegas nerve got me to that point so yeah. I just wanna say that's real it's real shit Vegas yeah, nerve dog, for sure I don't do a lot of daps on this shit but yeah. you know, I'm telling like that shit's you are more your Vegas nerve than you are yourself Jack bro yeah soon after uh, we had another beautiful thing occur Ye of Little Faith 7.4 came out in May of this year, I believe. Yeah, yeah. On some non-journalistic shit, I enjoyed this release. I think Thank it's you. the strongest display of your skill set thus far. But, I don't know, it just feels connected as a whole, which is something I look for in albums. Like, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily a theme or a concept, but is there an energy that kind of I can feel, like, you know, when track two ends into track three, track three into four, that there's maybe, you know, Mm-hmm. Not an art, but something. Mm-hmm. And I felt that type of vibe in this release, and I appreciated that. Thank First you. question, yeah. what does the 7.4 mean? Uh, 7.4, it was the seventh mix and, like, the fourth arrangement, I think. Yeah. Like, like the sequencing of the songs? Yeah, yeah, sequencing the songs. And then, yeah, I'd, like, mix, I, I'd like mix it, like, seven different times or something like that. And honestly, like, it only, it like... It took me seven times to mix because, like, I, like, just learned how to do that shit and I'm not the sharpest with it. So it's literally just, like, yeah, trial and error. But, yeah. And well, then you just, you leave you leave little numbers and shit out to make your shit look cool, you know? No, I, li- I like that. I mean, sometimes, like, I don't know if it was some, like, divinity shit, like, numbers, or if it was, uh, to me, it seemed like it was some something pertaining to, like, technological computer stuff. Yeah. It's just... In a way. In a way, like, you yeah. know, like, the, the last, the, a bounce in a sense, or a mix. Yeah. Let's talk on this project, though. What was your mindset on this one? This is your first full release, right? Like, just like, kind of like an album. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I guess, technically. Um, man, that's a whole, that's a whole other story as well. Um, man, this one is deep. So, I'll just say, I'll put it like this. So... After, after, so I, I went through some crazy shit while I was in college and like the last couple of years before I graduated. 
and it was all kind of like intertwined with my commitment to to school and then my commitment to you know try to take this life seriously as an artist and try to make this like happen and, and make it a real career and I was in this I was in this place where I was kind of evaluating what I was going to do next I'd actually I was here last summer and I was thinking about I was considering moving back here because I have this I have I have there's this album that I've been working on that kind of tells my entire life story and a lot of the stuff that I've gone through in a way that I haven't really been able like just just in a fluid way and in a way that I can do it like completely and wholly and, and, and it's like you know it's like it's my truth and everything so I have this album that I've been working on and I'm big on like physical stuff too like I journal every day and I write most of my raps like pen and pad sure. and stuff you know and so Hell yeah. yeah and so I had like so basically I, I had like a bunch of notebooks and stuff and like a couple hard drives and just a bunch of uh, a bunch of different physical compartments that were like records of my life and stuff and like different stuff I've been through and all that was you know content for this album that I'm working on and then I had gone I was here for the summer I thought about moving back here but I ended up going back to DC um just because I had a lot going on there at the time and I was just like all right I gotta go you know focus on what's important there and but as I was there I think it was like my second or third week being back there um I'll tell this story real quick so I was on my way to a session pardon me with my friend uh producer out in DC Magnus Andretti shout out shout out Magnus uh that dude is ill and I've done a bunch of tracks with him I was on my way to a session with him and it was just strange because Sorry, this is this is like a really deep story if you want me to tell the whole thing. So like I was on my way to the session and prior to that he had told me like so he, he like has a home studio where we record at normally, but I guess they were doing like some repairs or some construction on it. So he had hit me up and he told me he was like, Yo, like the studio's closed down, so just like bring your mic and your interface and stuff so we can just like work in my room type shit and I was like, Okay and for some reason, I don't know like why I did this. Oh man, but um, oh my cat just fell. Cat's you okay, wild, sweetie? Yo. Yeah, she good. Sorry. Yeah. You about your mic? Yeah. So you basically, feeling, you were feeling type of way you were saying. Yeah, like I like I don't know why I did this, but like I I he told me to bring my mic and my interface and stuff, and I don't know why, but like I didn't I didn't know what track I was gonna work on that day. I had like a bunch of stuff that I thought I kind of wanted to do, so I ended up bringing like most of my notebooks and like I brought my like three like important notebooks that I had and then like a hard drive and like my laptop and stuff with like all my beats on it basically like everything that I had done like independently with music I had in this one bag and I'm on the way to the session and I had like parked to to pick up some food or something because I was on my way there and I was early and when I came back a couple of kids had like smashed my window and and robbed me and took all the shit that I had, cause it was all in one bag. So they just like, they hit a clean lick on me and I lost all my shit. And I was like, bro, it just like, it was crazy. Cause I never like, and it didn't hit me until like a couple days, like what I really lost. Cause I was like, I wasn't tripping about the laptop. I wasn't tripping about the mic or anything. I was like, that's easily replaceable. It's the files. Yo, if you rob this motherfucker, just 
uh, what's it called? Oh, I'm tripping. I had a good line and I lost it, bro. Dropbox the motherfucking beats and shit, bro. Bro, yeah, keep the laptop, pawn that shit, but just give me my beats back, bro. But um, damn, bro, that sucks. Yeah, it was it was tough, but like, yeah, like. It was just something that, like, yeah, I'd never, I'd never been robbed before or anything like that, and I'd never really like lost something that, like, meant that much to me either. Uh, so that I was shit irreplaceable, bro. Irreplaceable, irreplaceable, and especially for what I was putting it towards, it was so essential. But luckily, I thank God for for my brother and my homie Nate, shout out Lil Zucchini, because um, I was wilding for like a couple of weeks, like I was. I was like really depressed and I was like really I was angry as fuck too. I was like I was trying to like come up with ways that I was gonna go like track these kids down and like yeah, get oh this yeah. shit back. Like I was really thinking about some wild shit and in separate conversations with both these two dudes, they just kinda like sat me down and like, you know, talked to me about like, bro, like the the main thing was like, okay, like you lost all your shit, like I know that shit's hell important to you, but like you're good, like, you're alive, like, you could have lost your life, like, a million worse things could have happened, and just, like, my boy, yeah, Zucchini, he just really, like, stressed the, uh, the importance of, like, being an artist, and, like, detaching yourself from your work, and, like, even though, like, that shit meant so much to me, and so much of my personhood was attached to the lyrics and the music, like, just understanding that, like, I'm still who I am without that, you know, so... I think about like kind of, I don't know. That's something I struggle with. I think in a sense of like, the physical realm, and I have a lot of shit I care about, and I even start to question myself and like, can I keep you know, being here for myself? Sometimes, and I'm like, you're already here, man. It's not about like what you have and what you've done. It's about what you are in this moment, mm-hmm. and remember like, what you can do for yourself in the sense of all you have already done for yourself. You know. I try to remember that a lot because I'd be, I, it's weird. I have the most like imposter syndrome type shit mm. where I undermine my capabilities and I'm like, you don't need anything. You don't need like anything physical. Fuck, bro. You don't need clothes. You got your abilities mm-hmm. and your intuition mm-hmm. and what the universe gave you. You can't put a price on that, bro. I think that's so important. It sounds like you kind of were realizing that at the same time. And it's, yeah. like, it's like what I have inside of me is something you can't put a price tag on. Yeah. And regardless of the justified feelings I may have about this like really fucked up situation, you can't touch what I got on the inside, bro. Right, right. Yeah. Damn. That yeah. is pretty heavy. So then, did that kind of make you then approach this project in a different way? Like, yeah. be a little faith? Yeah, definitely. It was like the whole, um, it was kind of like my reassertion of like how much this shit means to me. And like, because at that point I was like, you know, I was thinking about this album that I wanted to make and without that stuff I was like, this, like it's not going to be possible. Like, but you know my brother was just like real heavy about like okay like you know you can't let that shit like shake you off like you can't let it stop you you gotta just shake it off and yeah so like it really was just like a testament of like yeah just asserting that like yeah i'm I'm always gonna do this and i'm always gonna make shit and even though it sucked to lose that shit like yeah i'm still gonna I'm, i'm gonna take this experience and like all the shit that i was learning from it and make it into make it into something and and another like crucial part of that was like as i was like coping and dealing with shit like he just told me like my brother told me to to read the book of job 
and that's why the first track on there is titled Job. Yeah, I was wondering that. Yeah. It's like, and I need some Arrested Development shit. That seems like some biblical shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So that was, um, that's like a reference to that. And that's like a, that's a whole story about, and it's crazy too, because like, the, the book of Job is about like, it's about like, endure. it's like faith amid enduring loss. And like, mm. you know, and it just kind of like, it humbles you. It just like, it reminds you that like, yeah, bro, like life, life doesn't always go the way you want it to go. Like, and even, even being like, Job was like a righteous dude and shit. And he kept enduring this loss and, and having shit like taken from him in a way. And it was all like a test of faith. And it, it did two things that like, it showed me that it's like, okay, like, yeah, like I'm human. Like, I don't, you know, as much as I try and keep my chin up through it, like, yeah, I definitely have moments where I was like really broken down and just remind me like, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. But just like, as long as you, the only thing that's going to get you through that is gratitude for what you do have and what you can mm-hmm. hold in touch and the things that you can't, like you said, the stuff that's in you. So yeah, just focus in on that. So that shit forever, bro. Yeah. How did you link with Noon Somewhere? Oh, uh, bro, Noon is that DJ homie. Noon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. DJ Noon's dope. Shout out DJ Noon. Yeah, shout out Noon, bro. Noon is the homie. Noon is one of the most genuine dudes I've ever met. Dope ass beats. Dope ass, dope ass producer. New York. Um, from New York. Yeah, from New York, out in Long Island. I linked with him. I met him at um, this uh, performance. What was it? It was a. Uh, what you call it? a showcase put on by uh, a group of a group of friends that I I know in New York called Platform. Shout out June and Samaya and Nexus. I met them through the homie in Nexus. Damn, all the homies getting shouted out on yeah, the shout out Um, so yeah, I met him through them. I performed at one of their uh, showcases and he was there. And yeah, we just chopped it up. And then I went to another one. I seen him drop some beats and stuff. And so yeah, we just became friends. And then he like sent me some beats and stuff. And then we ended up linking up in New York, I think a couple times. And yeah, he's always throwing me beats and stuff. So well, I got, got I got a few joints in the tuck with him. Yeah, he's nice. He's nice. So I keep. I don't want this cat to knock down these players. Bro. Oh yeah. I I'll appreciate the anecdotes. How long you think we've been talking? Uh, geez, today? Yeah, just right now. Oh, man. It's been a minute. It's been an hour it's five. an hour. It don't feel like Yeah, it. bro. That's the I point. Like, wow. How we doing on the video time, doctor? Uh, same amount of time. Tremendous. Oh, yeah, these are all plugged in. There's not... Fuck no, yeah. None of them are plugged in. There's yes. Oh, wait. The... That one will be uh, running out soon. That one's running out? The far... That one's plugged in, though, right? No. Well, the, uh, the, mi- the middle one is plugged yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Technological shit. How much time do you think you have? Seven. Ten minutes or so. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. Now for some really fast rapid fire questions. Yeah, let's get favorite it. flavor of Doritos. Cool Ranch. What is your favorite Portland food spot? Um. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. Damn, that's on the spot. Off rip, I'm gonna just say Bon Appetit. Yeah, uh, Bon Appetit's got the best bon mise in town, bro. My it's Amazing, incredible. Yeah. Lemon, grass, chicken, or the shrimp. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't write any down. I'm just doing it. Favorite Outcast album? Uh, Quim and I. That's probably my favorite too. Best joint. What was the biggest lesson you learned at Howard University? Um, be yourself. What was some advice you would tell your younger self? 
Be yourself, there man. There you go. What's one color that you really like a lot? Um, green. Green Rock and Kim my favorite. Or Big Daddy Kane. Rakim, I guess, just cause, just cause I know their music. I know his music better than Kane. Yeah, MF Doom or King Ghidorah. Ah, Doom. They're both the same, same person, anyway. Don't matter. Got gotcha. you. Oh uh, shit! Oh <laughs> shit! Oh uh, shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, King Ghidorah, Victor Vaughn. That wasn't. That was a fair too. I'm an internet nerd. I'm just trying to do off rip ones. I really wrote like go off freestyle for this because it's hard for me to to sometimes think of questions on the spot. If you could have any type of day or any excuse me time of day to record. What's your favorite time of day? Um, like 3 a.m. Goal you still have as an artist? Uh, Grammy. Would you be mad if you went on stage and someone came and smashed a Grammy? Uh, as a, as a protest against the fucked up rankings of the system? Ah, shit. I mean, nah, if, if, if it was on that shit, nah, that'd be pretty tight. Cool, I like that answer. What's your favorite Robin Williams movie? Um, Dead Poets Society. Do you think that construction is a racket, or is it actually helping out society as a whole? Hmm. I feel like a, a both. Let's talk about construction for 30 seconds. Uh-huh. All I'm going to say, if I get a dozen homies, two white work vans, a pickup truck, and we all wear hard hats and reflector vests, is it possible we could take over any block, anywhere, if you had enough traffic cones? Hell yeah. Is that how construction works? Hell yeah. We're letting motherfuckers who are privately contracted telling us what to do on public roads. <laughs> you ever think about that shit? That's weird as hell. Bro. You survived the rapid fire, Jaleel. Thank you. Man, I'm, I'm glad I survived. <laughs> Jeez. Talk on what's to come. Uh, anything you want to tease? Um, yeah, I got a, I got a track in the tuck I've been meaning to drop for, like, the last, like, three weeks. I got to drop that shit. That joint will be out Friday. I don't know when this podcast is dropping. But... This will be out, so it's tomorrow? Yeah. Today is the 7th, uh, 9-8. This yeah. ain't dropping tomorrow. Oh, the shit. The new Jaleel single's heat, bro. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. I hope I like it. Oh, I think shit. I will. A, I'll, I'll, play, I'll play it for y'all. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably will like it. I probably will like it. I like pretty much everything I heard from you, to be straight. Thank you. Where can motherfuckers reach you? How? Um, well, you can get my music on Bandcamp. Go to Bandcamp first. Bandcamp is the best platform for rising independent artists. Um, that sounded like a sponsored statement, but it wasn't. For the love of money. So, yeah, Bandcamp, uh, streaming platforms. And then yeah, I'm on socials too, but bro, I can't even lie, bro. IG has been kicking my ass this year. Yeah, IG's corrupt. My Fuck all like, these apps. phone addiction is at like, uh, Defcon levels like Defcon three. Just, just be, keep being aware of it. You it's can always good. tweak it as long as you're aware of it. Yeah, I gotta get that. You seen the light phone? I seen like the 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 blue light shit. Yeah, it's a nah. It's different. It's like a phone yeah, where it's like, it's just like a strip. Oh, solar down. powered? Nah, it's just it's just like a stripped down like phone. Like it's a modern oh, phone. Light like yeah, like guy, light like L I T. I'm thinking light. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, what is your social media? Oh, my social is uh, Jalil, three J's, A H, four I's, L, L I L. Perfect. Yeah. Any shout outs? Just people? Anything? Uh, shout out, man. Shout out Rhymebe. Shout out, shout out the boy Benny. Shout out, um. Shout out. Shout out the homie. Shout out Fourth the Note. 
in DC. Shout out Magnus again. Um, shout out, shout out my boy Jordan. He working. Shout out Stratford out in Philly. Uh, bro, there's so many names coming to my head. Shout out, shout That's out cool. all the, all shout the them homies, out. Man. All shout the out everybody. Yeah. Last question. Are you ready? That it wasn't is. the last question. Where will Jaleel be one year from now? One year from now. Somewhere on the East Coast. That's a good answer. Yeah. As per usual, it's been fun. Take care of yourself. This is a, a reminder that you got to lean on your people and the community around you way more than this system. Because mm-hmm. a bunch of evil oligarchs playing this shit to fail so they could get rich and hide underground when the oceans come up Tight. or the aliens come. It don't really matter because this podcast is sponsored by Yardy Ting. Peace. Shout out to Jaleel for coming through Benny's crib. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. It's always good to have you here. Make sure you go peep his latest project, Ye of Little Faith. A lot of great music, J-A-H-L-I-L. Shout out Yardi Ting for sponsoring this podcast. Shout out Soto on the instrumental. Take care of yourself. I love you, baby. Keep smiling. Even in the face of a failing life or system, we can still shine. Rhyme beat. Peace.